Hello and welcome to Are We Forcing It? I'm Annie. And I'm Marianne. And we are a Star Wars podcast. We talk about Star Wars news, Star Wars books, and Star Wars movies and shows, whatever's out at the time, which currently is The Bad Batch. So in that order, I'm getting better at saying it. You're doing great. Doing <laughs> yeah, things over there. It's only been three years since we started the podcast. It's <laughs> changed only, a lot. <laughs> yeah, the format is a little less than a year old, I guess. So there's that. Yes. This week, we're going to talk about two stories from a certain point of view, added muscle and you owe me a ride, and also um, Bad Batch season two, episode 10. Yes, episode 10, which is called Retrieval. And we had theories and none of them were true, but it's okay. It was a good episode. Decent episode. Yes. Um, yes. Probably one of my favorites so far, actually. It was really interesting. No. Um, yeah. But uh, on the news front... Yes, Star Wars News um, First. So, several things. Yeah, Star Wars News First. So, several things. One that I'm pretty disappointed about. But it looks like Star Wars Celebration in London will not be streamed this year. And I'm just like... Ah, okay. That is wild to me. Yeah. If it's true. Was it confirmed or just... Uh, apparently, saw, apparently, somebody had contacted a customer rep. And they're like, nope. And I was just like, Why? And actually, somebody that I follow in here, they're like, Star Wars Celebration is starting to feel less and less um, like it's for the fans and just just not cool at all. Um, but yeah, for, but we don't I we won't know officially for a while because Celebration's in April. So we won't know officially for probably some time whether it'll be live streamed or not. It could be somebody jumping the gun and it will be live streamed, but we'll see. Um, and still speaking of Star Wars Celebration, there will be no Star Wars Celebration in 2023, or 2024, excuse me. They're skipping a year, and they haven't really said why. But there will be in 2025. We don't know where it will be. Um, I'm kind of hoping for Orlando, but that's just me. Uh, I mean, you, you're you really hoping, hoping for Kansas City. Uh, it, <laughs> but I don't even know how to know. get Kansas City on the map. <laughs> like I'm like, if Denver and Chicago can host Star Wars Celebration, so can Kansas City. I think the cities themselves must have to make some sort of deal. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they have to come yeah. up with some kind of plan. They have oh, to they give probably them numbers. There's like, you know, we have yeah. to give you numbers and, and the city themselves have to decide if it's worth it. You know, is this going to bring in revenue or, you know, or is this going to be a loss instead? You know, stuff like that. Uh, Kansas City just opened their newest terminal and it's, it's huge. It looks amazing. But Kansas City is an international airport. So that is a i'm assuming that would be a big play is that you have to have an international airport in your city in order to host it because obviously people from all over the world are coming yeah you know, i'd love kansas city that would be so fucking amazing i uh, mean the next best place is houston <laughs> and then after that orlando so those are our preferences uh <laughs> yeah I, I mean if it is an or if it's going to be in orlando in 2025 i will be there i absolutely will be there yeah, so somebody contacted, uh, oh, there it is, somebody contacted customer service department. You know, okay. it could be a misunderstanding where maybe they were like, well, we don't have info for that yet or something. Right, well, it said, but... it said, upon checking online streaming of Star Wars Celebration Europe is not available in YouTube or any platform this year. Kind regards, customer services department. I wonder if you'll need a Disney Plus thing to stream it. I don't know. But um, I guess they'll probably say more as we get yeah. closer. Yeah. So then also still on Star Wars Celebration, they are 
there are plans to announce um, some film projects at Star Wars Celebration. We don't know who, possibly uh, Taika Waititi and some others. So that's that. They've also introduced more guests for Star Wars Celebration. I think it would be nice if they gave Deborah Chow a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, since Patty Jenkins didn't work out. Or um, what's her face? Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. Oh, yes. God, she's so that good. That would be great. Yeah. But uh, so, okay, now we're done with Star Wars Celebration. Um, Mandalorian Season 4 has been written, and Season 3 doesn't start until the first is that what it is or the third sorry it's the third the first it's on the wednesday first? it's the first oh, okay that is the first i couldn't remember so yeah, yeah. so season which is three tomorrow first which is if you're listening on tuesday yes. it's tomorrow but season four is written already john favreau was like i'm done um supposedly ahsoka will be premiering in the fall but that's coming from like rosario dawson there's no official word on that what's the latest with the high republic cataclysm is the next book that's coming out and it's adult novel and that's coming out so we've had a bunch of comics i think have been coming out i have i find it so hard to keep up with comics i don't know why people were telling me that just to wait until they all come out and then buy like the bundle and yeah the volume better yeah mm -hmm. um but so the the comics have been rolling out oh they also released some like art of the high republic or something like that some like um source material stuff which i really want to get my hands on um as well as like uh something else that came out i can't remember but um nope Catacly uh, cataclysm is the next one that's coming out uh jedi battle scars which is set between uh jedi fallen order and jedi survivor is set to come out in a couple weeks i think actually yeah i think um like in two weeks well, it's March the seventh, March seventh. Yeah, that's like less than two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So that's so gonna the come out week after this episode airs. It'll which I'm be pretty excited next about. week. I have yes. that bitch pre-ordered. So I, I'm kind of glad that they pushed back Jedi Survivor to April. <laughs> it gives me time to read that book. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be out less than two weeks, and then Cataclysm comes out in April. Also have that pre-ordered. I've, I've been really enjoying the High Republic Phase 2 so far. Convergence, I thought, was hilarious. I know um, a lot of people are really excited for the Acolyte because it'll yes. be High Republic it's, live it's action. It's High Republic. It's at the end. Like, from what I understand, it's, it's at the end of the High Republic era. So there were some, like, set pictures where you could see people in High Republic robes, uh, Jedi attire. And I'm just like, High Republic, let's go. I love the High Republic era so much. It's such a fascinating era thoroughly enjoying it all right i am ready to talk about from a certain point of view yes so this week we got a story i was not expecting because it's a boba fett story Dude, and he's not hilarious. in the movie so. well no 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 he is he is he was added later on i think in the, yeah um, he's in the remaster. special edition yeah like yeah. he's chilling there with um uh java in the spaceport in the and then the second story is based off of that scene which makes sense but i was like i haven't seen the special editions in so long growing up we only watched the laser disc because we it had was the, 1995 guys we <laughs> but, had the uh, vhs no. like original original vhs and then we got the the special editions on dvd with the new I stuff think we also had vhs like i remember I remember seeing the VHS tapes, but I don't, I think we only ever watched 
the laser discs but my brother knows he has them all i'm pretty sure he took them all but yeah i don't remember a lot of it except that um if you're a corridor watcher if you're like corridor digital on youtube or corridor crew they did this video where they or they have a series where they break down visual effects in movies and one of them which is like hilarious is how in the special edition of course java is cgi not the worst cgi um but there's a part where they clearly just like drag han solo up where he steps on his tail and they played it in slow motion and i lost it it was so funny <laughs> like it's subtle so you don't really notice it in real time but they were like watch this and i was like this is hilarious anyway paul dini wrote um added muscle which is our boba fett story very short but very cheeky very funny and paul dini um his big i shouldn't say his big thing because he's extremely accomplished but what I think is the coolest ever is that he was one of the main writers for the what super nerds call the Timverse, which is um, the Batman and DC comic animated shows that were mm. produced by Bruce Tim. He was a main writer on Batman, the animated series Batman Beyond, Batman Harley Quinn, the Justice League, Batman as Superman, <laughs> another Batman. Oh, he Beyond. was a co-creator of what was it say? In doing so, he co-created one of the most popular characters in comics in Harley Quinn, who originated as a character in Batman the Anime. Oh, he helped create Harley Quinn. Yeah, oh. so that was, that's cool. probably, uh, I wouldn't say that's what the animated series is most known for, because it's very iconic in and of itself. And Kevin Conroy, I say, is the best Batman, RIP. He uh, passed away recently. Um, and of course, Mark Hamill was the Joker in that series he voiced the joker and mm. then um and basically they were like well and the joker in that series is much more um like he's kind of a i shouldn't say a flat character because he's the joker but he's much more silly and then he kind of becomes more and more menacing but like everything he does is like almost comic relief and they were basically like, he really just needs a love interest, like for this one storyline they had. And they were like, it'll just be interesting. It'll be a one-off. And then now Harley Quinn is probably like the most popular DC character right now, <laughs> like 40, 30 years later. So they created Harley Quinn and she accidentally became amazing and all these other shows. And they are really good shows. Like I'm a huge fan of them. I was really fascinated by that it doesn't look like he's done a ton of stuff with star wars but also it could just be that this page is oversaturated with everything he's done for dc um but he does have that connection through mark hamill so maybe there was that very similar to other comic writing stuff oh he's done a lot of um wb animation in general basically java calls a meeting <laughs> in this story and he's like Everybody, well, this is this is the entire story, and the, but we'll have to talk about Boba Fett because the story is two pages long, three counting the two halves at the beginning and end. Basically, Jabba calls a meeting. It's like, guys, whoever brings me on solo, the end. Like that's that's the whole story. But uh, I think you're thinking of the second one because the well, second one he called a meeting. This one, but this one was funny. <laughs> yeah, because it's really just Boba Fett's stream of consciousness being an idiot <laughs> fucking dweeb <laughs> like, like this is this is one of my favorites 
I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy the whispers of surprise when I walked into the, onto the scene. That's right, boys. Fett's here. Do me a favor and fall to the side after you're hit. I really don't want to trip over your idiot corpses once the shooting starts. Sorry, if the shooting starts. No reason to get overexcited. No reason to get excited yet. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? And then, okay, Wook, there are two ways this is going down. One, we have a nice little chat. Jabba gets his money from Solo and we all leave happy. Two, someone gets anxious. Zip, zip. Jabba's rid one debt beat. And I get a new scout for my collection. No guesses which one I prefer. And I'm just like, what is this? My favorite line was when I'm trying to find it. But also, so we also figure out where, why Vader says no disintegrations because um, he crisped some rebel spies on Coruscant. And when he went to collect, Vader was like, absolutely not because you didn't bring many bodies. <laughs> so he's called him Lord Disintegrations, refused to pay without bodies. I mean, makes sense. Oh, here it says. Mama Fett didn't raise any fools. Strictly speaking, my mama was a birthing pod, but you get it. <laughs> you get the point. Is the oh, there it is. I need to underline that. <laughs> yeah. Middle of page 155. <laughs> oh my goodness. It is definitely a different take on Boba Fett that I kind of wished they had drawn a little more inspiration on in the Boba Fett show, which again. Better than I thought it was the first time. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Boba Fett had some time to think while he was sitting in a sarlacc stomach. True. Maybe the and sarlacc he, he grew up. People. <laughs> Essentially, he grew up. <laughs> he is super cocky in the story. And maybe oh, after the oh. sarlacc pit was only, which can we talk about just briefly? Can we talk about how Han Solo blindedly hit him <laughs> and then he fell into the pit? Boba Fett. Was it where? Where? <laughs> yes, the end. And so maybe he was just extremely humbled. But yeah, oh yeah, he probably was. <laughs> this is a really fun story. I and again, people are just like Greedo is such an idiot. <laughs> Toward the end of the story, he's like, ugh, and he freaking killed Greedo. Of course he did. That that of course would have happened. That's kind of the whole story, but it is very entertaining. Um, yes, I thought it was hilarious. I yeah. like how he's like, Twerp, you're really going to call me that solo? Back it up with your blaster, Wook Hugger. And I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah, when I was reading it, it didn't occur to me. The This is the thing that always throws me off about this book, is that the stories are technically in chronological order, but if the timeline overlaps, they don't necessarily begin in chronological order. So in my mind, I was like, okay, he's meeting with Jabba and then the girls in the next story show up at the meeting. That's what I thought mm -hmm. was happening. But it's the girls go to this meeting. After the meeting, they go to the dock. That is where Boba Fett met with Jabba. But yeah, fun little story. Just a few pages long. Probably took him a day and a half to write the first I show. imagine Boba All Fett sitting there like standing in front of a mirror and just like whipping out his gun, you know, like practicing as he's having these thoughts. I have to look super cool. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me in Boba Fett's here, boys. Queen's Peril. One of the Queen's books where freaking um, Darth Maul was practicing getting ready. It was Queen's Peril where Maul was um, practicing I don't even have it marked. I'm disappointed in myself. But he <laughs> he was like practicing, waiting for um, them to show up, trying to figure out like where uh, he needed to stand and stuff like that. I feel like that definitely tracks for him. 
<laughs> it's just like it just kills me. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, moving on. Zoraida, I think is how you say it, Cordova. Um, and she is an Ecuadorian American author. And she her she, her big series I haven't read. I feel like I might have seen the covers, but the titles aren't familiar to me but it says her fame her big series is the brooklyn brujas series um and she also writes romance under a different name zoe Ca castile zoe castile um but she wrote star wars convergence the high yes republic she's book. part of the high republic yep she's part of the high republic uh group uh, authors for um phase two yeah, Convergence was hilarious. I really enjoyed that one. I mean, this was a fun story. I was trying to figure out if these are girls that we see in the movie or yes, not. Yes, we do. We, we do. do. They're sitting at the bar. They were sitting at the bar. Like, look like they were smoking hookahs. <laughs> oh, um, I pulled up a still. Okay, I don't remember them, but whenever we rewatch the movie after <laughs> we finish the book, I'll be like, look at all these people. Bria and Senny. Um, yes, I kept wanting to say Soki, and I was like, that's not it. <laughs> They're called into this meeting that I thought was the other story and was not. Basically, isn't everyone called to the meeting? It's like everyone at the palace. He, um, he had pulled in like bounty hunters and stuff. Um, to talk about Han Solo. Something that I found I find interesting about this book is that there's yet another Wookiee. I legit thought it was gonna be um Chrysanthemum, <laughs> Black Chrysanthemum, and then the Wookiee died, and I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how many Wookiees are on this desert planet? Because like, so... apparently the Cantina is owned by one, and then there's Chewbacca, and then the one from Boba Fett, which is Chris, Chris Anton. Chris Anton, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then this one that just got eaten by the Rancor. <laughs> so there was that. Um, one of the girls tells her sister, you know, Jabba's always liked you. And she's like, he's liked us. But then it's kind of like, is it us? And we all know that Jabba's a little Maybe. of a, yes. yeah, I was going to say pervert. <laughs> they mentioned the Twilight Girl. You know, like they both they have personalities, but it's told in um omniscient third TOV, which basically just means that you kind of get each of their thoughts as the story goes instead of just sticking with one of them. Um, but it is more about the story, but yeah, so they have they have history with Lando and Han. Yeah, it seems like they're much more familiar with Lando, or at least they've done more with him. But that, that was right. the impression I got. Yeah. And especially Bria. She's like, after all, he was responsible for my greatest humiliation and that I'll never forget. And apparently they broke into House Organa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A lot um, of Naboo and Alderaan references in the story also. Right. And she, she, they were talking about like, you know, they were watching, you know, they seen the Rancor devour the Wookiee. And she won. Bria was like, could she really leave soul to that fate? She stealed her heart because taking care of Senny would always come first. And I was just like, oh, look. Um, and in this part, she says she noticed a young farmer walk in. So they're, they're at the cantina now. 
She noticed a young farmer walk in. His hair was the shade of beaten gold, and even in the dark of the room, she could see how bright his eyes were. There was an innocence about him as he asked his droids to wait outside, then walked up to the bar beside the old man in the brown robe. Bria liked him for some inexplicable reason. He had the kind of innocence she and Senny never could. And so then, um, you know, they make their way to Docking Bay 94, and I think it's Bria is like, something's wrong. We have to leave. Like, we got to get off of this place. Um, and then when they get there, because they're they want to steal the Falcon. They're like, you know what? Let's just steal the Falcon. It'll be fine. Yeah, because at first they were like, oh, let's bring Han Solo to Jot. Like, they were like, we'll do it to get Jabba's reward, and then we'll get off the planet. And then they were like, or we could just take the Falcon while they're going after Han Solo. So that's kind of their plan now, except that they show up to Deck 94 and everyone's there. Yeah, they see Java and they're like, bad idea. <laughs> new plan, new plan, new plan. <laughs> Regroup. Um, Regroup. Onaka gang was mentioned as well. Hondo Onaka. Yeah, I felt like a lot of little um, name drop, a lot of name dropping going on in this right. story. So they... Um, they decide not to steal the Falcon. Instead, they find another ship and they're gone. Well, good for you guys. This was another story. There was a story earlier. I think it was the Jawa, the the Jawa story where he was um he was watching all of the hollow drives, like all of the memory cores. Oh yeah. And then it was like, and it just ended with, and someday I'll get off the planet. And I was like, everyone wants to get off this planet. It's like the yeah, opposite of everyone wants them? to get back to Deku. It's like everyone wants to get off Tatooine in this book. Can you blame them? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't really. But I some of like the things I'm Tatooine. like, uh, that seemed like a really abrupt ending. That didn't, you know, I just kind of wish it maybe because that doesn't even end with them leaving it just ends with them like you know we'll get another ship the end yes and so i don't know i feel like it could have been four paragraphs longer and next week's story is by delilah estos and then of course the thing that we all came for today well one of the okay anyway <laughs> um the bad batch episode 10 which was titled Retrieval. I almost said revival. And I was like, that's not what it's titled. Okay. <laughs> Retrieval. Uh, and we had a lot of theories. We were like, oh, they're going to get rescued by these guys. And I was like, maybe the kid is Boba Fett because I'm not original enough to come up with a different idea. And mostly we were wrong, but I'm not mad. A new character, yeah. Yeah, new character. Not, you know, I really liked him. I thought it was interesting he had purple hair. Um, I think just because... I know Ezra doesn't have purple hair, but he's got the purple eyes. And so it was giving me real Ezra vibes, especially season one of Ezra, where it's like, I do bad things because I have to and I can't be trusted. But I'm also I you can also trust me. And like, mm -hmm. it was a lot of that. And I face palmed at the beginning of the episode when Omega was like, why don't we just track Gonky? And I was like, why, why did I think of that? Yeah, well, I was just like, why didn't anyone think of that? Poor Gonky. Like, but Gonky got a nice reunion. <laughs> it was sweet when uh, Wrecker hugged him. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. she's like, Gonky! <laughs> but basically, at the beginning of the episode, they're wandering around this city that they've realized is abandoned, and there's not really supplies, and their whole plan was to get supplies from the city. And... Omega's basically like, oh, what if we just track Gonky? And they were like, oh, 
yeah, let's do that. Even though it's been 24 hours and we didn't bother to think of it before. Um, and then we kind of switched POVs to the kid, Benny. His name's them, Benny. I didn't see them on the speeder was hilarious. Yeah, all of them on the speeder where it was like, <laughs> you know, when you're children in the backseat and you don't all want to be in the back. Well, I mean, there were three of us. So like occasionally if we had anybody driving with us, because we had a van. Um, my parents had a van and it had five seats in the back. But if for any reason we had extra cousins over or aunts and uncles or something and we all got into the van, the last thing you want to do is have all three kids in the back seat. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was the vibe I was getting from the speeder where it was like they're all behaving because they have to. But they're also in the worst possible position on the speeder <laughs> flying 100 kilometers to where they are tracking Gonky. So great. The kid whose name is Benny basically works in a little mining commune where he's given rations that they've all been told, oh, rations are dwindling and whatever. And it seems to be mostly made of these random droids and these teenage boys. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't meant to rhyme, but here we are. And Mako? Mako, uh-huh. Mako is the crime boss, which Ruben asked me what his species is. And I was like you're asking the wrong person man yeah no got nothing on that yeah so we don't know but he's a big kind of if, like reptilian looking thing but it's a little more beastly and he's basically hoarding all the food and money for himself but the boys don't really know that that's just kind of revealed over the course of the episode and benny because he wants to get the reward and the reward is so sad it's a single bowl of soup yeah it's so sad and they all want the reward and he basically is like i stole the ship so i get the reward but mako looks at the ship and he's like are you insane this is a professional ship mm -hmm. and he's like but it's worth stuff right so they start taking apart the ship so by the time the bad batch shows up um they now have to put the ship back together and it's a really interesting episode especially because a lot of it is like Benny's point of view, but it gives us a sense of how the Bad Batch looks to people with Omega from the outside versus in season one where it was like Omega didn't really know what she was doing and they were all like overly protective of her. And mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, here are three very menacing men and this teenage girl is also super scary. <laughs> like, because she... He, like, faces her with her little bow and arrow contraption. And he's, like, legit afraid of her. And he doesn't mm -hmm. even ask, like, what is the dynamic here? Why are you, like, a 14-year-old girl and here's three? You know, he's just like, okay, I can see you're all professionals. But, and, of course, he has to take her. And then there's, like, there's a whole thing. But we don't have to go into all the details. Hopefully you guys saw it. <laughs> so you don't have to explain everything. But, uh, Marianne, tell me how you felt about this episode. Uh, Star Wars really said eat the rich, or in this case, I, I saw this on, on Twitter, somebody said, yeet the rich. <laughs> this was like an interesting episode on like, capitalism, I guess like that. What really struck me was that it, you could see that what the empire was doing was also being done on like a smaller level as well it just wasn't the empire there really truly are bad people out there working on a smaller level and that's like a lesson that omega gets from this is that 
it's not only Empire who's bad. There are bad people out there. And you and I had this conversation earlier about a tweet that I saw that I was kind of like, eh, yes and no. Um, yeah, this is the big controversy that came out of this episode. I don't, I don't know if it's a big controversy because I don't know, like, if if this, like, really spread far and wide on Twitter. But this poster was like, when are the creators of the Bad Batch going to realize that the Bad Batch are not the heroes? That they're not selfless. They're selfish. And I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, but we've always known them to be selfish. Because yeah, that is kind of the the point. Yeah, because they are just, going They're from, looking out for their own. Yeah, and it doesn't that's kind of the point of the first season where it's like the first especially the first half where it's like they're looking out for their own and they're just trying to survive and so you're right. on their side because they're trying to survive and it's right. not really until after rex shows up and they get the their chips removed change and... things start to change a little bit and they're like they're still but you know but even then because it's a whole thing between echo and hunter this entire first half of the season echo wants to do more hunter's like we have omega you know, like his primary focus is surviving and keeping Omega alive and keeping her out of this danger. But the thing like, you know, with Gunji, where he's like, I don't think they'll be able to avoid this. There's no place they can go where they can't avoid this. And then when with helping Rex on Coruscant, like there's no way that they're going to avoid this coming storm. And so, yeah. you know, Echo has made the plunge and he's like, I'm going to go help Rex and I'm going to go find my brothers. Um. And I'm, and this could be just being like stupid, but I'm like, the Bad Batch really have no reason to help the clones, the regs, because the regs have always just kind of shunned them. So they're like, why should we help them? <laughs> you know? I and think so... that they, yeah, it's not, and it's not like they're like, well, they deserve it. It's just that they're like, well, we're, they're looking out for themselves. Right. And I think that might be part of the arc also. And the whole, the whole thing, the tweet was talking about all, the line that, um, Tech says at the end of the episode because Omega's really discouraged and she's like, they're everywhere. It's not just the Empire. Because you kind of get the sense where she's like, oh, the Empire, once we deal with the Empire, or if we can get away from the Empire, it's all fine. And right. now she's like, she's encountered various other things also. And she was like, so it's not just the empire it's everywhere right and tech basically says this line where he's like yes but there's also people like us so then people i like i feel like the main reason he says it is not to be like don't worry there's other heroes like us like i think he's basically just encouraging her like there's not everyone is evil right and not everyone is just a victim not that the bad batch aren't necessarily victims but he's just like there's also just good people out there right and so exactly. i think the tweets taken a little out of context and i think some people confuse like protagonist with hero a lot because they're the protagonists but i feel like they're very rarely the like they are the heroes of their episode but they almost always like grow from it and there's almost always other right. heroes like the gunji one gunji's the mm like main person there and then the Hera one like Hera's the main person there and Hauser because we stand Hauser around right. here but, but it's like they're being know. put into situations that they kind of don't want to be put into and so they're really hesitant because again they're looking out for themselves in Omega Gunji was a little bit different because Hunter is like alright let's go to Kashyyyk you know 
I think Hunter, well, and they talk about their connection with, they very briefly, they touched on their connection with the Jedi. And yeah. they clearly had way more respect for the Jedi than they did the other clones. But also they, not that they disrespected the other clones, but, you know, like they respected the Jedi and they clearly, like they understand the Jedi were turned on unfairly. So they see right. the injustice in that. And they know that the clones all had their little, their, the chips, but maybe they're also like, they also know what the other clones can do. And they're like, we could outsmart a hundred of them, but not a thousand of them. You know, they're just, they're strategic and they're smart. And there's a, um, like you were saying, like they're put in these situations they don't necessarily want to be in. Um, and there's a really super common story arc, which is, um the hero's journey is what they call it and star wars the movie is a good example because it's like luke gets a call to go help and he doesn't really want to at first like it's a really brief scene but it's like when he's like i can't go i have to do farm things <laughs> and then right um something happens that basically drives them to go and in luke's case it was well they killed your aunt and uncle so and so he's like okay i guess i'm gonna go and basically that really hesitant stage is a really important part of the hero's journey. So I think that that's a slow play on what's happening with the Bad Batch where, you know, they they don't want to be in these situations, but they're kind of becoming more comfortable with it. But right. they haven't embraced it as their purpose yet. Right, exactly. And but I think like I think that's I think that's the journey for this season though is that eventually I think eventually they are going to get to a point where they're like, all right, we have to fight back. Like something's going to happen and they're, they're going to say, fuck it. We're fighting back. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. that's what we're building up to. Um, but I, yeah, like the tweet, like I was like, when I first read the tweet, I was like, Oh, that's a good point. But then I'm like, wait a second. Uh... I mean, it does feel a little bit like it comes out of nowhere because of how he says it, where he's like, there's people like us that help people, but they aren't helping people. So like, but he doesn't, I don't think he says that verbatim, but that's like the, you know, I could see someone just being like, what? They didn't even want to help those boys. They only helped them to get their ship back, but they also right. didn't know what was happening with the exactly. boys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, because I think I said that to you, is like, we, the audience know more what's going on than they do. They just, they just saw the minors and what was going on. And the kid is not a very reliable narrator either because he doesn't yeah, he's actually, a little thief and a liar. He doesn't exactly oh. tell you what's going on. He says, yeah, we, we get paid, but you, then you learn, you learn later on. Yeah. They get paid. All right. What a shitty way to get paid. Um, and so there's like just more to the story than what the batch is led to believe. And so, yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but, but you know, like this this tweeter actually is a huge fan of the Bad Batch. So and like their stuff is pretty funny. <laughs> like their reactions are pretty funny. Um, so I don't like exactly like discount their interpretation of that um, because they are really big fans. They're the same one that I had sent you where they were really mad that Star Wars um, stopped promoting Bad Batch is now promoting Mandalorian season three. Um, yeah, I think that was. But um, a lot of the comments like... were more, the, or the comments on the on the tweet about um, the comments on their tweet about the Bad Batch not being heroes. The comments weren't really passing the vibe check because a ton of people were like, 
like I would say the comments are the real offender in this situation. Like not the tweeter themselves. That's yeah, what it was say. it was interesting, but like again, I don't know their pronouns, so that's why I'm saying they them. But they hard they to tell have, with like, Twitter. Yeah, you know, they have some pretty <laughs> funny stuff uh, that they post about the Bad Batch, and some pretty good, insightful stuff that they post about the Bad Batch. So that's why that's why like I did a lot of like like a deep thinking on their like I really thought hard on their particular post. Um, but but anyways, but that's that. Yeah, and it's just I, my friend Young was like how many people are going to call this a filler episode? And I was like, probably a lot of people are going to call this a filler episode. I, it's just like, it's like, you know, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. You know, <laughs> that's I don't think, thing. I would say it's not just because, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I would say it's not. I don't think, I think this is an episodic series. Like they're all meant to be episodes and not necessarily an overarching I mean, there is an overarching background story going on, but it's not like Andor where it was meant to be leading up to something every single week, but which is a separate point I'd like to get into it in a second. But well, I feel like we couldn't me. say story structure wise, you can't call this a filler episode because they have to get their ship back, which happened from the last episode. And we needed the last episode because it deals with their feelings with the fallout of Echo leaving. Yeah, and I think we and, can do that with this episode too. Like we're still seeing that fallout with Echo leaving. I have to Yeah, this that. is a progressing plot over now four episodes. Yes. So I think that you can't from a structure standpoint because some of them seem a little more filler. Like the if someone wanted to really argue that the racing situation was a filler episode, I'd be like, okay, fine. But this I would not say you can't really argue it the oh, other well, thing that, though, is that was like that was tech character growth people can just so i basically i feel that because we we have predictions every week and i think that in general everybody does like twitter the fandom tiktok which i've been kicked off book talk i don't know what happened well actually i do it's that i kept watching all the tiktoks where they play like six parts of a movie and you have to watch it all <laughs> i fell on that side of tiktok, yeah, TikTok. <laughs> um so now it's basically um medical dramas and star wars are my is my fyp right now but um you know we have a tendency to get really invested in what's coming next and i think that one of the comments to that tweet we were talking about is kind of brought this up where it's like maybe this isn't supposed to be the deepest show ever like maybe it's just supposed to be about the clones finding their place after the war which is what it is that's what they promised us it would be and we're just well, waiting for somebody more. said this is not a prequel to rebels this is just about clones trying to make their, about a group of clones trying to survive in a changing galaxy yeah and i was like and that's a really good point yeah and still it's really easy like how i was like oh my gosh the kid is boba fett and we were like oh maybe echo will come save them and no the episode was a complete a very good episode about them randomly discovering a mine full of teenage boys that are being starved and really the boys helping themselves which i think yeah. I would say on the political side that one of the reasons they might be avoiding having the Bad Batch outright become heroes is because they might be trying to avoid the white savior trope a little bit, 
where it's like, oh, the the more educated or more skilled people come in and save the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in most of these stories, they don't like they help, but they aren't the driving force. And in this story, it was this kid, Benny, that was basically like, you know what? You've been screwing us over. Guys, look at this. Look at this data. They've been screwing us over. Mm-hmm. And then it all, you know, and Omega obviously also helps quite often. And I'm not saying there's anything really wrong with this. Like I just said, like we do it every week. We have predictions. We have stuff going on. But I think there's been like the art of just like sitting and watching and enjoying something for what it is week to week. It has been lost on this show. And I Mm -hmm. feel like we should try to bring it back. I think we're setting our we're setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. And it's not. Like, that's not Star Wars' fault. Star Wars told us when they announced this, this is going to be about a group of clones finding their way after the Republic falls. Mm-hmm. And that is what it has been. And it yep. maybe we don't see familiar characters as often as we wish we would, but it's only because we're already connected with those characters. And it doesn't mean that the characters they introduce week to week aren't also very good characters that we can enjoy. Right. So that was my soapbox for the day. Uh, but can we talk about the scene where Omega's clearly falling and oh Hunter yeah, just clearly say like just she just saves well, her. Yeah. Well, and, she like she sees him and then she's like, "All right, let's go." And she drops down the trust. Yeah. Oh no my one, god, the trust. No one freaks out. Like, no, you guys. That's what we call growth, right there. Because remember, at the beginning of the season, Omega's hanging from the ship and hunter's like why is she hanging from a ship and then he's like don't hang from the ship you know and then here she is she's on the verge of falling and here comes hunter he's like all right i'm gonna swing in and she's just like all right let's go and she just drops and he catches her and there we go and like and no lecture afterwards like yes growth growth that's what we like to see and tech's little speech at the end is kind of an extension of last week's episode because it's only been a day since Tech and Omega fought and made up. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Tech is the new parental figure. He's the new Echo mom. Because, you know, Echo was the mom. We all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I think Tech is really embracing the Tech is the mom <laughs> situation. Um, I kind of think that that's what it's going to be going forward. I almost wonder if that's why they set him up. For more character development in the first place not necessarily because anyone's gonna die because i don't i don't think anyone will no but um i think because since echo left they already had to kind of build out tech to fill in more of that role right so yeah i is next week supposed to be the crosshair week i uh, think so I remember we thought it was going to be episode nine and now it's episode 10 and we don't. Oh, maybe it was 13. We thought it was. It might have been the outpost or Pabu. I can't remember. It had been leaked, but I can't remember anymore. But next week is called called metamorphosis. So I looked up the the definition for metamorphosis and it's a change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. So then there's a... uh, an example her metamorphosis from aspiring unknown to internationally acclaimed author um well the, it's the term 
the term I've heard it used most as is what happens to a caterpillar. Because a caterpillar, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a caterpillar a, grows it's the wings. transformation from an immature form to an adult form in two or more distinct stages. So, larvae, you know, it, it's an, an insect or an amphibian. It's such a vague term. It doesn't really give us anything about the plot. Because I feel like the last... transmutation, transfiguration, change. I think there's going to be a change. Or they'll just recognize the change. Because I feel like it could mean what's happening with the Empire. Where they're like, oh, the Empire is just the New Republic. And even though they don't know that, you know, the Bad Batch knows that. But most other people don't. So maybe they'll make more of a point of showing how different the empire is from the republic in the background or it could be that they come across another set of new characters that it has something to do with so now I'm or we're seeing or we're seeing a change in the bad batch you know that they're you know it could be a lot of things honestly i think i think the term speak. metamorphosis seems because the really it's supposed to be a long process it's not supposed to be because i think when we say transform that's a little more immediate but metamorphosis is supposed to be a long process so i feel like it would be unless well, they the, come across the somebody we've been seeing, but that's the process we've been seeing though through this entire time i know but to just name the like one episode that i think would be i I would be surprised, unless they're just acknowledging the changes that have happened in the Bad Batch, I would be shocked if it was like, if it meant they changed themselves over the course of the episode. That's what I'm trying to say. But oh, that's I why... I don't think it's something... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to make predictions because it just pisses people off. And and also, we've been bad. wrong <laughs> for the whole season. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that this is what metamorphoses mean and this is the name of the episode so take it as you will by the time people listen to this it'll be tomorrow anyway so it won't be that long of a wait but yeah also next week um mando will be back yay i'm so yay. excited that first episode better not be 30 minutes that better be a 45 plus minute episode please can we please have an hour long i'm gonna be really upset if they're an like, hour long here's a 20 minute episode bye and i'll be like dang it Favreau! we want that we want a proper season premiere damn it i think season two's <laughs> premiere was 50 minutes long wait no they did the double premiere thing didn't they for season two yeah did they i think they did let me look yeah. it up um but yeah so i think next week we'll read one story and then talk about the bad batch and then we'll talk about mando so this better be a long episode y'all <laughs> better be long i hate when they give us half hour episodes with a freaking cliffhanger i just hate mm, that i know i'm like this especially isn't a sitcom especially what's a season premiere episode it's like you gotta some of them the shortest episodes i think they've done are really action-packed like the one where they took grogu i think was 22 minutes i think that's the shortest one they had uh was when moff gideon finally captured grogu mm -hmm. um but that was like an action scene it was like a 22 minute action scene so i think that's a little different than like setting up the season so that would be good also i feel like 
episode six of season one, the one, the prison breakout. I don't think that was a super long episode, but it was also like a 30 minute action scene. So, you know, I, that it better be a long episode. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but we're very excited. Mandalorian will be back and Bad Batch will still be on. And we'll read another story that's written by Delilah S. Dawson. Secrets of the Long Snoot. Wow. Uh, yeah. That that's one. what they sound like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all for this week. So I'm Annie. And I'm Marianne. And you can join us next time to figure out whether or not we're forcing it. Bye. Bye.